Okay, so I have a bit of a funny and slightly embarrassing story to tell you guys. Back in 2019, when I was running around filming interviews with Indian entrepreneurs in Delhi and Bengaluru, there was a lot of things that I didn't know, a lot of terms that I wasn't familiar with because I didn't have a startup background. I'd never run a business. I'd never worked in a startup. It was all completely new to me. And yet I was interviewing entrepreneurs about their stories. And so they would use terms like, for example, Series A. They would say, last year we raised our Series A, it was a hugely successful round, all of these investors participated, and I would stop them and I would say, and just for people in the audience who don't know what a Series A is, because a lot of people watching our channel are young and they're not familiar with these terms, could you just explain what that means? And the reality was that I didn't know what a Series A was, and I was just a little bit embarrassed and shy to tell them that that was the reality. Obviously, I'm sitting in front of them asking them to tell me their business story, and yet I didn't understand the basics of business or starting up. But I'm guessing that a lot of you guys watching this video are in the same boat. There's just terms that sometimes I use or other entrepreneurs use, and you kind of nod your head, but really you don't know what they're talking about, right? And so in this video, I specifically wanna highlight the milestones that a startup goes through on their journey. Like when we say seed stage or early stage, growth stage, exit stage, series A, B, C, you might have a general sense that these stages are indicative of progress, but actually where one stage ends and another stage begins, I think a lot of people don't really understand the specifics around that, right? So this is the first in a series of videos where I'm gonna be explaining to you guys the stages of a startup so that we're all on the same page and nobody's confused like I was three and a half years ago. Okay, so just to set clear expectations here, this video is gonna be more of a bird's eye perspective on the entire journey of a startup, all of the stages at once. So we're not gonna go into the finer details that would make this video extremely long. You can think of this video sort of as like a part zero. And then next video in this series is gonna be a part one where we cover some of the early stages and go into the finer details, the nitty gritty stuff about actually starting a company and the different stages of that beginning of the journey. So I just wanted to give you guys a heads up. And now let's actually get into the stages. First off, we have the ideation stage and pretty much all of us have been there at one point or another. The startup is literally just an idea at this point. The founder or founder see a gap in the market. Maybe they think that they can fill it with a product or service. And that's the ideation stage in a nutshell. Now, when ideas start to turn into actual planning, when the founders sit down and come up with a company name and they start to map out possible revenue models and they come up with some milestones that they wanna hit in the future, well, that stage is aptly called the planning stage. Now, things start to get a little bit more tough during the third stage called the commitment stage. And this is where the founders have to stop talking and start doing. They sign a shareholder agreement and the company is formally registered. And most importantly, they start building an MVP, a minimum viable product. Now, all three of these stages actually fit into a larger funding stage, which of course only really applies for startups that are planning to raise external capital. The ones that aren't, we call bootstrap startups. But for the ones who are planning on raising money from investors, this larger funding stage is called the pre-seed stage. Now, investors in this stage can consist of founders themselves or family and friends. Sometimes crowdfunding is an option and occasionally angel investors as well. Okay, so now let's move away from funding stages for a bit and move back to regular startup stages, which can apply both to startups that are planning to raise funds and startups which aren't. And we've already covered ideation, planning, and commitment. So now the next stage a startup enters into is called the validation stage. At this point, the MVP has already been built or it's very close to being finished. The startup has begun testing this MVP in the market. They're selling early versions of the product to consumers or they're 
offering their services in a limited capacity and they're collecting lots of data. So the goal during this validation stage is to achieve product market fit. And you'll hear that term product market fit thrown around a lot in the startup world. But in a nutshell, what it means is that a product or service is generating a lot of demand from customers. Now, that might seem like a straightforward and easy thing to do, but in reality, achieving product market fit can be really, really hard. What it boils down to at the end of the day is separating people from their money. You have to convince them that your product or service is worth paying for. And yes, some startups do get lucky and they just stumble into product market fit as soon as they launch their MVP. It just sees a tremendous response from the public. But for a lot of startups, the validation stage lasts way longer. And they may end up spending a lot of time experimenting before they're able to achieve product market fit. Now, I think that this goes without saying, but experimentation costs money. It's expensive. Building multiple prototypes for a consumer goods startup or adding and removing features in a software or internet startup requires huge financial resources. And so this is where we move out of the pre-seed funding stage and into the seed stage, where you'll have angel investors coming on to provide guidance, support, connections, and of course, capital to keep the startup afloat. Also, at this point, because the startup has an MVP now and they're probably generating some revenue, they can actually start to apply for grants and they might even be able to secure a loan. And if they're okay with selling equity in their startup, they might start to get attention from micro VC firms, accelerators, and incubators. Okay, so now that I've finished explaining what the seed stage is or the seed funding round, I can explain the next term here. It's kind of an odd one out, and it isn't a round that every startup raises, but it has become popular in the last couple of years, and that is the pre-series A round. And it sounds like a big deal because it has series A in the name, but really what this is is just a second seed round. In fact, you could actually replace the term pre-series A with seed round number two, and it would mean literally the same thing. It's a round raised by startups who are still searching for product market fit, or they found it, and they just need a couple more months to raise their series A, but they don't have enough money in the bank to get there. So you can think of a pre-series A as a bit of a bridge round, giving the startup enough runway to make it from seed to series A funding. Now, the moment that a startup achieves product market fit, which again, means that the market a startup is targeting is excited about and ready to pay for the startup's product or service. Guys, it's 340. The moment that that is achieved is the moment that the startup leaves the validation stage and they enter into the growth stage. And the idea here, as the name suggests, is to grow. And this stage can actually take a very long time. In fact, by the time this stage is over, the startup will likely no longer be a startup. It will probably be a fully-fledged company. And we actually made a video explaining what a startup is and isn't, sort of mapping out where to draw the line between a startup and a proper company in this video. So you can find the link to that video in the top right corner of your screen. But in a nutshell, during the growth stage, a company will take their validated product or service and they'll start selling it as much as they can. And the primary goal here is to increase revenue. That's the growth that we're talking about, revenue growth. Now, revenue growth during the growth stage typically comes at a huge cost. It will usually increase as expenses increase, meaning that the company will either break even or lose money on a quarterly basis. And this is where the next funding stages or series come in to sustain these losses. So after the seed stage and possibly after raising a pre-series A, a startup will usually raise a series A round, which is the first of many rounds that follow the same 
naming structure. You've got series A, B, C, and so on and so forth. Flipkart, before they were acquired, made it up to series J. So I don't think there's any upper limit to the number of letters in the alphabet that you can tack on to the end of the word series. But coming back to series A, I think the next question that we need to ask is what differentiates a series A from a seed round? Well, I'm gonna get into more detail on this later on in the video series because it is a really interesting question, but at a basic level, a seed round is meant to be used by a startup to achieve product market fit. Basically, this is building the foundation of the business, and a series A is meant to be used to chase growth and fast. Basically, quickly constructing the frame of the skyscraper that sits on top of the foundation built using the seed money. Now, like I mentioned earlier, the growth stage of a company can last a while, and sometimes this is by choice. Maybe the company wants to massively grow their user base before they start to monetize it. But sometimes this isn't by choice. Sometimes a company genuinely isn't able to monetize their user base. They don't know how. And they keep growing, but eventually investors will stop pouring capital into this kind of company and they'll quickly need to figure out how to become profitable or go out of business. Now, where things go from here does vary from company to company, but there are two main possibilities. A growth stage company can go straight to the exit stage or they can continue on to the scaling stage. And let's talk about the scaling stage first. This is the stage where the company learns how to increase its revenue while spending stays the same. So this, of course, eventually results in massive profits, which can be used to make the business bigger and better. And companies will still raise funds from investors here, usually at a Series C level and up. But the goal here isn't so much to survive as it is to just accelerate the scaling process. So from here, once again, there are two possibilities. The scaling stage startup can go straight to the exit stage, or they can continue on to the establishing stage. And I'm going to leave the exit stage for last because that truly is where the story ends. But you can think of the establishing stage kind of as the company's golden years. They're still kind of in that startup mentality. So the founder or founders haven't left the company yet. And there's still a very clear thread linking the ideation stage to the establishing stage. And the goal here during this establishing stage is domination. The company is the market leader, usually in multiple global markets at this point, and will continue to expand. And basically, things are going so well that nobody wants the party to end. Like all good things though, eventually it does come to an end and this is where we finally reach the exit stage. And there's two ways that this can play out. The company can one, go public or two, be acquired by a larger company. Now, why a company will finally decide to transition into the exit stage is something that we'll go into more detail about later on in this video series. Again, this video was just a bird's eye perspective, a part zero, if you will, to this series. So if you have any questions, things that you wanted more clarity on, things that you're confused about, then definitely leave a comment down below. And then while we're researching and writing the scripts for the next videos in this series, we'll take those questions and we'll try to answer them as best we can. But anyways, guys, thank you so much for watching this episode of Backstage with Millionaires, and I will see you in the next one.